welcome to I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. So, as you know, I'm on this kind of whatever now about coming up with character traits and trying to figure out how we find the colors that are necessary and also give us something that is unique to us. There is practically no moment that you can read a text and say, I think she's, hmm, I think he's, hmm, and figure out something. Now, there's so much that goes into character, knowing the past and knowing what's going on with the character. All of these things are great and, and available in the script and in the text somewhere. But we are trying to fight the plague of being cliched. And what we're doing, and I think one of the ways we're doing it, is being able to identify elements, facts of the text that will get us thinking. And, and, and here's the thing. I, I go back to a chart I had years ago after swimming through all of my Stella notes. We know that the Stella Adler bumper sticker is facts are death to the actor until they're fed through the imagination and become the experience of the facts. So, I mean, that's an important thing. In other words, winter is a fact and it's a dead fact until you bring it to life and we ex we get the experience of winter so it's the reason that i stop all of you all the time when you start to talk about anything in a dead tone um because i i i want i want this room full of people who are all over responding and excessive when you're talking about the facts of a play. It is not important to be able to have that analytical tone. I mean, I, I just have to say, the more that I actively work to experience what I'm talking about, the more I'm shortcutting the actor's process. I may not get the whole thing, but I start to get a little of it. If I say, um, he's a rock star. I may have not decided yet which rock star it is, but at least I know that there is something there. So, you know, that to me is an important thing that I, I know at the end of it. But the question is, and I think this is where it's not been thoroughly explored. And this was from other notes I found from other years. The facts lead you to thinking. Now, that's an important issue, which when I was abusing Carson the other day, he had chosen Rockstar, and I forced him to say, think about it. Think about rock star. So any fact should lead you to thinking. And that's the reason that I said, let, let's play with let's play with this character trait today 
just to see what the thinking is and how we use the concept of thinking as a part of looking at a fact. If I take that particular part of the process and really allow myself to think, I'm going to say, well, what else might that mean? What else could that mean? What could that be? I might have to look for hints. I might have to look for hints in the text. I might have to look for hints in the text that tell me there's a certain use of words that tell me what it is. And, and then actually with JP in the memorable performance in The Rookie that he did. Um, and, but it was really, we started talking about, we were digging in our thinking period, we were digging to find things that he said that would give us a key to who he is. I mean, because he's a thug. He's a drug dealer. He's a huge drug mogul. So, you know, the thing about it is you think to yourself, oh, I know how to play a drug mogul. I'm oddly enough going through that with Grant. I just heard from this morning, he's putting himself on tape for an audition for a Tyler Perry series that's shooting in Atlanta. And, and so he said, it's due tomorrow. I said, I'll call you after class. And then he sent it to me and he said, you know, oh, the guy's a racist and he's in the military. It's something that takes place in the 1940s. And so, it, it's almost like you sit there and you go, ooh, cool. Because Grant has been on Dynasty for five years, so his creative impulses have been deadened. Because what he's done for five years is to try to survive with some degree of elegance left in his acting talent. And that's different than exploring things the way that we do. But with all of this, you're looking for little keys. And I think that's the thing. I promised Brady that next week we'll do a piece of shit in script analysis. Uh, and I'll be in Los Angeles, so I'll be right at home doing it. So it's like you really, with material like sides, with material for TV, material like that, you really have to grab onto something. And you have to look hard for it. You really have to look for it. And you'll find a key, maybe in a word, that the writer wrote by accident. They didn't know they wrote it. Trust me. So that thinking period is a period that allows you to say, I wonder what that's like. Where have I seen that? Where have I done that? Where have I, what is the nature of that in this thinking period? But the finish of it is that I think the thinking period leads you to the next stage, which is understanding, uh, which I found was a nice bridge to experiencing. Now, it, again, it's not one that you automatic, you always need. Sometimes you can go right from the thinking about it stage to the experiencing stage. But it seems to me that I might need the thinking period of it to, to then begin to understand his behavior.
I may need the thinking part because because there are things that I need to know about her. And so that I need to think about that. What is that like? What does it mean to be a nun in Africa at an orphanage? You can tell how vast the clients are I've been working with lately. Um, <laughs> so... But you, but you start to think about what is that, what, and then, and that's when you begin to bring in other things. You say, "Oh yes, I get it. Yes, that's so. It's African. It's far away, and it's, and it's not, and it's this, and it's this." And with any of these things, what you want to be able to do is say, "What is that? What does that mean? What must that be like for her? What must it?" be like to live in that circumstance and that's what's so brilliant about all the material that we have um we it, w the brilliance that we have is that there is so much available all right so facts leave me to thinking thinking leads me to understanding and it really is a it is i think uh, an element that's helpful to us because it then leads, it helps me get to experiencing. The word experiencing makes sense to you, doesn't it? It's the reason I'd love for you, anytime you all do something I love or something I hate, even though it's forced, but if you love it, I need to love it. You know, it's your experience of it. It is your experience of loving something, and if you love it, I, I love it. Let's talk about indifferent. And I think I can use in this class, and I think I can use in class, the idea of we are looking for the colors of a character trait. Can I use that word? Is that a confusing word? In other words, it's an important thing to understand there is not just one color. There is not just one way to play it. There is not just one way. You say, oh, indifferent. I know how to play that. So, Part of this is to help us look at these character traits and say, what are the colors? What is it? So now let's, let's, let's look at it and say, what's an example of indifferent? What I thought of when you introduce this exercise the first thing that came to mind for me which is where i went in my research is kelly weisel's ideas about indifference and how it is inhuman and that he would see this with nazis right that controlled the concentration camp it's neither hate nor love it's a state of where you lack emotion and you lack a compulsion towards someone to act. So it's a lack of action in a way and a lack of desire to act. That's good. And I also have 
emotionless. And I think a thing that I thought was poignant was that nothing is important when you're indifferent. If you have no opinion on it, it's not important to you, which I think, you know, it makes things not, that makes the size of whatever you're indifferent about really small and nothing. That's good. Yeah, that's good. No importance. It's it's no importance. Yes, it's neither here nor there. Oh, they're dead? All right. Whatever. Can anybody think, tell me, look at yourself and tell me where you've been indifferent. Well, uh, Arson and I were talking about it um, at length earlier, and we've one of the first examples we always went to was, you know, in the subway when you've got someone, you know, asking for money or something and you just, you're indifferent to it. You know, when you're yeah. in New York, you just become indifferent. Yeah. Um, and it's off. It reminded me, to, to your point, Andrea, it's like, it reminded me of the George Bernard chalk quote. It's very similar to what you were talking about, where it's like you you're saying that the, that's the worst sin. It's not to hate your fellow man, but to, I'm indifferent towards them. It's like the the essence of inhumanity, and mm -hmm. um, and it's just like that's like some of the stuff that we were talking about. Indifference was like you just shrug it off. It's like it doesn't take up space. Not important enough to take up space. It's just, whatever. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, not important enough to take up space. That's that's very good. Yes, I was thinking about something which was. Yeah. We can be indifferent towards something, but we're not indifferent towards everything. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah, that's very good. I mean, listen, here's the thing to, to understand. And if we're, going, if we're going to do this thinking stage, it's to broaden it to a lot of possibilities. I mean, I find, I mean, I almost find at the, at the risk of sounding like we're having a sociology class, but it seems to me that indifferent will become more and more of a character trait for plays that that are in existence from this particular time period that we're living in because it seems as if people it, people have been forced into an indifference for survival it's uh, kind of an, an opposition to empathy isn't it in a way mm -hmm. but also an, uh, an opposition to bullying I was thinking about how so often we're told that if, to take the power away from a bully is to act with indifference. Don't show emotion. Don't react to them. So I thought about how active could indifference be and move on. How can indifference be presented in that way as kind of a shield? Mm -hmm. I think it's a, it's an it's an act an action right like an act something you can actively do you can actively be indifferent towards someone or something because your eyes are on a bigger goal a different goal so whatever happens with that person that thing that idea it makes no difference to you in light of the bigger goal i was looking at it, you're gonna hate this because I, I thought of baseball there's a technical term called defensive indifference right brady you feel me so <laughs> normally the defense cares if a runner is going to take a base, but there are situations where that base doesn't matter if it gets stolen and the catcher will ignore the guy, let him take the base because his eyes, his focus 
is on something more important, winning the whole game. And so it doesn't matter. He's indifferent to that guy. And so there's passion from the catcher. He wants to win the game, but he's indifferent to the other guy stealing the base. That is not significant. So it doesn't mean a person is numb or not passionate. It just means for as a survival mechanism, because of the bigger picture, mm -hmm. they're focused on a different, higher goal or a more important to them goal, whatever that is. And I love that we're finding that, that it's not just the one thing. You're not just all numb all the time. You know, you can be very passionate, but indifferent to some things. Yeah, I think it's, I think we're finding different roads in when we, we start to look at how to explore a character. I Don't Need an Acting Class is created and hosted by Milton Justice. Producer is me, Walker Vreeland, and director of online media is Evan Sollers. Music is by Jeffrey Kieser. And for more info on Jeffrey's work, you can go to jeffreykieser.com. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Uh, you can find us online, I don't need an acting class.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, and uh, you can continue to send your questions to Milton at questionsformilton at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you back here next week. Mm -hmm.